Hey guys, welcome back to the Chronically Mom podcast. Happy Friday. If you are listening on Friday, um, I wasn't planning on doing another episode this week, but I was inspired to do a special little one. So hopefully I'm going to record this and drop it during nap time. Um, So (laughs) we'll see how that works out. Uh, But the reason I was inspired is because it is Eating Disorders Awareness Week. um, And I have been trying to draft a post for Instagram for a couple of days now. Um, obviously it's Friday, so it's sort of the end of the week. Um, but I feel like I had so much to say and I just wanted to hop on here and kind of share it all here. Um, I realized that if you are maybe newer to following along, um, you might not know that side of, of my story. Um, I've mentioned it a bit before. Um, I did a podcast episode uh, with my mom who also had struggled from um, from an eating disorder. Um, and then I've just brought up, there's definitely a link between eating disorders and IBD. Um, there's more information that that's coming out more research on that um but unfortunately there are very little um targeted treatments uh for both of those coexisting conditions so that's something that that I've been very interested in over the years as I myself have have recovered um from an eating disorder so um I'll share a little bit about about my story um, and kind of where I'm at now. I was going to, in my Instagram post, originally link back to um, a post that I did about eating disorders and IBD and then pregnancy and eating disorders. Um, and I, I wrote it, that post when I, that blog post when I was pregnant with Maddox and I read back through it and this is the first time I had read through it um since having McKenna or I think since probably you know writing the post um and I forgot how much my eating disorder crept up on me during that pregnancy uh it made me really emotional to think about it especially because I feel like it's really crept up on me again this time um with my pregnancy with McKenna but in a in a different way and and definitely stuck around postpartum um in fact I will say that I'm probably struggling with my eating disorder recovery one of the like this is the most that I've ever struggled with it in the past decade that that I've been um out of treatment so want to talk about that and also just bring attention to um to a couple things one of course the link between IBD and eating disorders also how real it is on how pregnancy can can trigger these feelings I know you know you think oh your body changes so your body image might change but it's so much freaking more than that um so just to go into a, a brief history, um, I went into uh, partial hospitalization treatment in 2009 when I was 17 um, for anorexia. I had struggled for a couple of years before that um, with unhealthy uh, and disordered uh, behaviors around food. Um, 
And I went through a program that summer. I continued outpatient treatment therapy on and off over the years. And I have been really pretty good at managing it. Um, It still kind of pops up and rears its ugly head when I'm feeling super stressed out or there have been um, certain times in my life, like over the past uh, over 10 years now that it's, it's come up. Um, But I think pregnancy, as I have heard with a lot of women who are in recovery from eating disorder, that's kind of brought up some of those, those feelings again. Um, And I think the IBD situation that I'm going through um, definitely exacerbated that, that a bit. Um, Now talking about this, I was like so excited to come on here and chat about it because I feel like I have so much to say, but also it's really hard because I felt really shameful to admit that I was struggling with this again and I was having these kind of questions and behaviors come up in in my head. I mean, I have a daughter now. I'm supposed to be the cycle breaker. And then here I am grappling with like whether whether or not to eat a donut. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm supposed to be the strong person that's breaking this cycle and setting a good example for my daughter. So when this stuff comes up, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting looking at it now as a parent and being on the other side of recovery and then feeling some of that slip a little bit. Um, yeah. So in my first pregnancy with, uh, with Maddox, I, I lost a lot of weight and I went into this in my, in that blog post, so I won't give the whole spiel on it, but, um, I lost a lot of weight and not trying to, but it because of, um, the IBD, uh, issues during my pregnancy and that started to be really triggering for me because it felt good to, you know, lose weight again. That was the first time that I really like dropped weight since treatment um, or since before I went to treatment and it was like getting that little high again. Um, and you know, after having Maddox, I got through that. I, I, you know, pulled through, I didn't have any lingering, I guess, like eating disorder behaviors. Um, and then this time with, with McKenna, um, the same thing kind of happened where I was losing weight during my pregnancy because of, you know, pregnancy and and IBD issues. Um, And then I just continued to, I think after having her, we we went through a lot of like stressful times. Um, So as I was dropping, as I dropped weight and then continued to to drop weight um, just from the stress, it started to feel really good. And I was very conflicted on that. Um, And since this has been such a stressful time, um, like dealing with the complications, dealing with her health issues that we're running into now, um, I feel like it's an opportune time for my eating disorder to come back and be like, hey, like, 
remember me? <laughs> I'm, I was great when you're really overwhelmed and stressed out before I can help. And it's like that voice in the back of your head. And like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there. And like, logically, I know I don't want to go back there. Um, but it's definitely been more of a conscious effort, especially keeping up with healthy coping mechanisms, especially when I'm trying to be in control of everything that I'm out of control of now. And, and you know, your eating disorder is the way that you gain control. Um, at least for me, it was when, when I was feeling like things uh, around me were not uh, in my control. So like I said before, I was really shameful to admit this and it was hard to it's hard to talk about now and I feel like I've talked to people very directly in my support system but um I was like embarrassed to to say that I was struggling or even feeling this again because you think like okay you go to treatment and you're fine and it's not like that it's recovery is possible but it's a lifelong journey. There's always these feelings that are going to pop up and it's at the most trying times of your life. Um, this It's it's similar to addiction uh, where it's a choice every day that you're making. And it's interesting. I remember talking about this like over the years in therapy, how with um, it is so similar to addiction and with addiction, you know, you can choose to abstain from alcohol or abstain from drugs, um, in your recovery. Um, but you can't choose not to eat. You need to eat as part of living and sustaining your body. Um, so it's kind of really always there. Um, and I've noticed this had come up more in, especially feeding my kids, like, which I'll talk about in a second, but, um, yeah, so a takeaway from that is, yes, it's a lifelong journey, and I think we we need to talk about more, like, just not be so afraid to admit if you're struggling again. Like, just because you're saying, okay, I'm struggling, I feel like people, in my mind, I think I say that, and people are like, oh my god, you're gonna have to go back to treatment, like, that's, you know, just automatically, like, worst case scenario, like, something's wrong with me. Um, instead of having that conversation around like, hey, I can be struggling and be aware and see these behaviors early and bring them up to the necessary necessary medical providers and support people and stop it before it gets bad. And I think we should be able to have open conversations around that and make that more of a normal thing um, and not have people just jump to the conclusion of like, oh my God, things are, you know, horrible. Um, it's a journey. It's not, you're not just healed one day. Um, but another takeaway from that is that while, like I said, while it is a lifelong journey, there is a beautiful life that's waiting for you on, on the other side. Um, I remember when I was 17 years old and that feeling that I had, I, I was at beach week and I was sitting on the roof of, of the house, just looking up at the stars by myself. And I was calling my parents, sobbing, begging for help because I couldn't 
sustain my life how it was anymore. I couldn't keep doing it. I was mentally exhausted. I was physically exhausted. And I just didn't want the weight of it anymore. I didn't want the burden of it. I, I couldn't imagine then living the life that I live now and being able to feel emotionally free to the point that I am. Um, and I, I honestly think that going to treatment was besides like, you know, the birth of my kids and like my marriage, uh, one of the best things that is, that's ever, ever happened to me. Um, so if you are struggling and you've been on the fence about getting treatment, you please, please go. Um, it, it, like I said, is the best decision, the best decision that, that I've made. Um, and there is that bright light on the other side. Um, so I just kind of switch gears a little bit. I think, uh, I've mentioned it before about the, the link between IBD and eating disorders. And I have heard a lot of feedback from people in the IBD community, um, that maybe this is something that they struggle with or want more information on. And I, we've been seeing more information over the past couple of years come out. Um, but I think where we're really lacking is, uh, treatment that addresses both of these at the same time, because it's very difficult to, um, be having to do these these restrictive behaviors um when you're recovering so that is something that had had triggered me luckily when I was first in treatment I didn't know that I had IBD yet so I was still eating whatever I, I wasn't on like a health restrictive diet um but then you know, over the years they've had to go on elimination diets and be gluten-free and stuff. That has definitely brought up some uh, triggering feelings for me. And then I think um, this time what really, really brought it out of me um, was when I was going on the elimination diet when I was breastfeeding. Now, that is similar to, for me, it wasn't for my IBD this time. It was for McKenna's situation. Um, but it's still similar to when you're going on an elimination diet, you know, for yourself, when you're going through IBD diagnosis for yourself. Um, and you're tracking every single thing that you're eating, you're analyzing every label to see if there is, uh, you know, certain ingredients present. And that for me, it just took me back to a time when I was doing that religiously and I could not stop and it consumed me. And that's that's part of the reason why I had to to stop breastfeeding because I really felt myself going to a bad place mentally and I know that obviously this is with breastfeeding in this situation but I know that there are people that have had that be a trigger for them as they're going through IBD treatment so what do you do in that situation um and there's no real answer for that right now and I'm, I hope that as more research comes out, there will be more, I guess, backing to help us get some more support in those areas. Um, so another kind of bullet point that I wanted to touch on in regards to eating disorders and motherhood 
um, is freaking feeding your kids. I mentioned this before in a, a podcast episode and um, I think a blog post before too. Um, in general, like the breastfeeding part of, of feeding your kid um, and, you know, if you're having to eliminate, make sure that you're tracking your calories to keep your intake up. Like that all is like, what? When you're, <laughs> when you are in eating sort of recovery. Um, but then also when your kids start solids, I, when Maddox started solids, I did not realize how, how much of like a panic it kind of put me in because, I was responsible for feeding someone else now and making choices for them uh, nutrition-wise. And it was, it feels like a lot of pressure. And I really started to second guess and doubt myself like, well, I couldn't even figure out how to healthily, properly, non-disorderedly feed myself. How am I supposed to do this for... uh, for a kid. So that was really overwhelming um, to me. And it still kind of is. I, you know, I, I talk about it in therapy. I, at first, when I started feeding Maddox solids, I was relying on um, some of the baby food delivery services for introducing new foods. And I thought that was really helpful because it, it was kind of like a, someone guiding me to, to uh, introduce him to stuff. And like, helping remind me of some other foods that like maybe aren't in my like safe zone so I didn't think of um all the time um so yeah that's that's interesting and then um now this will be a whole new set of uh challenges I'm sure with figuring out um feeding McKenna and then starting solids with with her when we can um so Something that I'm just trying to do during this time is check in with myself, see how I'm doing, and make sure that I'm prioritizing the support that I need um, to stay well and stay setting a really good example for both my kids. Um, And this goes back to admitting when when maybe you're having a difficult time and not waiting until it gets to a horrible state I think a lot of the times with eating disorders you think okay I have to be um, at this certain weight or at this level of sickness to feel valid in in talking to someone about it or getting help and we shouldn't have to wait until it gets to that point and we should normalize being able to chat about disordered behavior before it gets to an extreme. And we should be able to normalize saying, hey, yeah, I am struggling. That doesn't mean I'm going to go back in treatment tomorrow, but I am having some issues that I want to talk about. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm, I'm proud of myself that I am identifying that and I'm doing that. And I encourage you to check in with yourself too and make time to prioritize that self-care and uh, those activities that you need to keep yourself and your mental health well. So that should wrap up everything that I I wanted to touch on for Eating Disorders Awareness Week. Um, 
Hope you enjoyed this little quick nap time episode. Um, for more information about uh, my experience with eating disorders, pregnancy, IBD, all of that, check out chronicallyblonde.com. I have some specific uh, episodes and posts about these topics. My DMs and emails are also always open if you or someone you know are struggling. I'm not a medical professional, um, but I can potentially help point you in the right direction or just chat with you and assure you that you are not alone in, uh, in your mental health journey. So thank you guys again. Have a great weekend. I will be dropping another episode soon.